98K News. Good afternoon, it's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, Hong Kong tourists head to Thailand as planned, despite reports they may face 14 days quarantine on arrival. The Travel Industry Council warns that many travel agencies face closure due to the unprecedented number of cancellations caused by the coronavirus. And Chief Executive Carrie Lam is accused of helping the Federation of Trade Unions politically by financing their efforts to send medical supplies to Hong Kongers stranded on the mainland. The Travel Industry Council says tours to Thailand will depart as scheduled today despite reports that anyone travelling from Hong Kong will be forced to undergo a 14-day self-quarantine on arrival from today. Executive Director Alice Chan says they're still trying to find out what's going on. I have tried to clarify or confirm with the um, Tourism Authority of Thailand in Hong Kong. What I got just now is that there is still no official announcement of the quarantine requirement. So um, tours to Thailand are still uh, departing as scheduled, at least today. Yeah, so um, we are checking with the Tourism Authority from time to time. There were reports the quarantine requirement was posted in the country's Royal Gazette, yet the nation's tourism body denied it. Earlier, the health minister announced the rules in a Facebook post that was later deleted. Mrs Chan also says at least 120 tour groups to Japan involving more than 2,200 people will be affected by Japan's decision to suspend its visa-free access arrangement for SAR passport holders because of the spread of COVID-19. All travellers from the SAR and elsewhere in China will also have to undergo two weeks of quarantine when they land in Japan, starting from Monday. Mrs Chan says the travel industry is being hit very hard by the coronavirus epidemic. She says that since the Lunar New Year, more than 4,000 tours to various locations around the world, including South Korea, Taiwan and Italy, have been cancelled because of the spread of the virus. If this continues, Mrs Chan says some travel agencies will be forced to close. We have already lost the Chinese New Year peak season. There will be no uh, Easter peak season. And uh, the trade is also wondering if uh, business will resume in, um, during the summer holidays. So the travel agents are really suffering a lot. So um, I think they are now trying their best not to close down. But if this continues, um, some a cessation of business are expected. The Federation of Trade Unions says it hopes the government will soon arrange more chartered flights to bring back Hong Kong people stranded in Hubei. The province has been locked down for more than a month to stem the spread of the coronavirus. Local transportation is also suspended. The government has evacuated 469 people over the past two days and estimates another 3,500 remain. FTU lawmaker Alice Mack says the government needs to work out how some of the stranded residents can reach the airport. We have suggested to the government to consider there are some local airports in other cities in Hubei. In fact, they are for the local flights. But we have suggested the government to consider to make use of those airports to send charter flights. Then maybe when we use those airports, that will be more convenient for people staying in other cities to go to the airport and to go back to Hong Kong. Mainland authorities have reported 30 new coronavirus deaths and 143 new cases, 16 of them imported. 
The chief executive, Carrie Lam, has been accused of turning the coronavirus outbreak into a political campaign to shore up support for a pro-Beijing ally. The government has asked the Federation of Trade Unions, or FTU, to help Hong Kong people courier medicine to relatives stranded on the mainland, with the costs covered by the government. Democratic Party lawmaker James Toe questioned if the CE was trying to help FTU garner support for the upcoming Legislative Council election. In a Facebook post, Mrs Lam said the FTU had helped around 1,200 people with medical deliveries in the past two weeks. She posted a video showing her taking phone calls at a hotline centre set up by the FTU. The Federation of Trade Unions has hit back at Democratic Party lawmaker James Toe, who questioned whether the government is helping the Federation gain support by asking it to help Hong Kong people deliver medications to their families stranded in Hubei. Mr Toe questioned if the government is trying to help the FTU garner support. Alice lawmaker Alice Mack said they didn't receive a penny from the government for delivering the service and they're simply trying to help those in need. We are first sorry about uh, Honourable James Toe's speech. His, his false um, accusation of FTU's medicine delivery service in the mainland uh, is part of the election campaign. This is ridiculous and this is not true. We hope that all people, all members of the society can set aside your political uh, opinions or your political objectives. Please work hand in hand to fight against this outbreak of coronavirus. The Democratic Party is urging Financial Secretary Paul Chan to extend his $10,000 cash handout to include Hong Kongers under 18 years old as well. It's one of the demands of more than a dozen members of the party who petitioned outside government headquarters today ahead of Sunday's International Women's Day. They're also calling for subsidies for caregivers and more mother-friendly policies. Lawmaker Helena Wong says this year's worldwide campaign for gender equality calls for each for equal and the age restriction goes against this theme. I think it is very important that uh, we send out a, a signal that the government respects uh, equal rights. And uh, if we only give the $10,000 to age over 18. That will mean that those uh, teenagers and children will not get the support. And for those families with young children, uh, meaning that they will not have the sufficient fund for them to uh, deal with their financial situation and difficulty during this epidemic period. Turning overseas, officials in Portugal have expressed concern at signs of a major impact of the new coronavirus on tourism. Here's the BBC's Alison Roberts. Portugal, like most European countries, is not yet feeling any widespread economic effects from the new coronavirus. But tourism officials now report reservations being cancelled at what they say is a very accelerated rate. The government stands ready to provide emergency loans to the firms worst affected, but the scale of the impact is unclear. The sector accounts for 15% of the economy and one in five jobs and has driven recovery since the euro crisis. A sustained slump would be a disaster. Israel and the Palestinian Authority have decided to put the city of Bethlehem under quarantine after seven people were diagnosed with the coronavirus there. No one, whether Palestinian or Israeli, will be allowed to enter or leave the city until further notice. The BBC's Sebastian Usher reports. 
The Israeli Defense Minister, in coordination with the Palestinian Authority, has ordered the Israeli army to enforce the closure of Bethlehem. No one will be allowed to leave or enter the city until further notice. The move was announced after a rare consultation between Israeli and Palestinian officials as they met to try to come up with a strategy to contain the virus that threatens them equally. Earlier, the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem was closed as a precaution. Now, the Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas has declared a month-long state of emergency a across the West Bank. All schools and universities will be closed, while reservations by foreign tourists have been cancelled. The oil exporters group OPEC has called for global oil production to be cut by one and a half million barrels a day in response to falling prices caused by the coronavirus outbreak. The planned move is subject to other oil exporting countries, such as Russia, also joining in. Here's the BBC's Andrew Walker. Crude oil accounts for more than 90% of transport fuel, so its price has been hit hard by travel restrictions that followed the coronavirus outbreak. OPEC, whose biggest producer is Saudi Arabia, has called for a cut in output to push prices back up. But the organisation only accounts for about a third of global oil production and it wants a number of other countries, notably Russia, to contribute to the effort. OPEC will seek to persuade that wider group to act at a meeting on Friday. Russia has so far been unwilling to agree. A ceasefire has come into force in the northwestern Syrian province of Idlib. It was agreed during lengthy talks in Moscow between President Vladimir Putin and his Turkish counterpart Recep Tayyip Erdogan. Other measures were agreed, including joint patrols and a safety corridor in Idlib. President Putin has been speaking at a news conference. I hope that these agreements will serve as a good basis for ending the fighting in the Idlib de-escalation zone and will end the suffering of the civilian population and the growth of the humanitarian crisis. Environmental concerns about plastic contamination of the oceans has led scientists to name a newly discovered shrimp-like animal after the pollution in its gut. The five-centimetre-long crustacean was found in the Mariana Trench in the Pacific, the deepest point of the world's oceans. A team of marine biologists have called it Eurythenes plasticus. I'm not kidding. Professor Alan Jameson is a member of the team. All the stuff that we see in the surface has to break down eventually. And the deeper you go, the more animals become less fussy in what they eat because there's basically less food. So they, they become uh, quite voracious scavengers. And this particular specimen is a scavenger and they eat pretty much everything. But they, they have no way of telling what's normal and what's actually plastic pollution. So they ingest a whole lot. Researchers hope that the fact that animals are ingesting plastic so far down will highlight the extent of plastic pollution, even in one of the harshest and least explored areas of the world. To business news, the Asian Development Bank says the coronavirus outbreak is set to trim economic growth in developing Asia and around the world this year. The Manila-based lender said the outbreak could slash global GDP by 0.1 to 0.4 percent, with financial losses forecast to reach between 77 billion and 347 billion US dollars. Economic growth in China could be trimmed by 0.3 to 1.7 percent, and the country is expected to suffer an economic loss. Of 103 billion US dollars. JP Morgan says its CEO Jamie Dimon underwent emergency heart surgery yesterday and is recovering. 
In an internal message to staff, the bank said the CEO is awake and alert following the surgery. The New York bank said he was stricken by an acute aortic dissection. The banker, who turned 64 next week, took over at the helm of J.P. Morgan in 2006 and steered the bank through the financial crisis of 2008. He had a health scare in July 2014 when he disclosed he was battling throat cancer. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 26,180. That's 587 points down on the previous close. Market turnover was $58 billion. To currencies, in a short time ago, the US dollar was worth 105.77 yen, the euro was at 1 US dollar and 12 cents, and the pound was worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 7 cents. And now with the sports news, here's Adam Chung. Hong Kong's upcoming Football World Cup qualifying matches are to be postponed due to the spread of COVID-19. Football's world governing body, FIFA, met with the Asian Football Confederation yesterday to discuss the idea of pushing back the upcoming international matches involving Asian teams. Following the meeting, FIFA issued a formal proposal to relevant member associations to postpone upcoming fixtures in the Asian FIFA World Cup qualifiers as well as the AFC Asian Cup qualifiers. Hong Kong had been scheduled to visit Iran on March the 26th before hosting Iraq on March 31st. They also have an away match in Bahrain on June the 9th. Next to matters on the pitch, Manchester United have clinched the remaining quarterfinal place in the English FA Cup. They won 3-0 away to Derby County to set up a meeting with Norwich. The BBC's John Murray was at the game. Championship Derby County really were outclassed by Manchester United this evening. Even though we saw some good stuff from uh, quite a, a young Derby County side, led by, of course, the 34-year-old player coach Wayne Rooney against his old club, who, who was outstanding, really, and very nearly got a late free kick, forced a flying save from Sergio Romero. But two goals just before half-time, Luke Shaw and Odion Igalo, and Igalo got another early in the second half, out go Derby County of the FA Cup at this fifth round stage and Manchester United are through 3-0 winners in front of 31,379 here at Pride Park this evening. England's cricket captain Heather Knight says her side were not given the chance to fight for a title at the Women's T20 World Cup. England's semi-final match against India was rained out in Sydney yesterday. India progressed to the final based on a better record in the group and will face the host Australia in Sunday's final. Obviously frustrated. There was no chance of us getting out today, I don't think. Obviously the weather's cost us. Yeah, we just gutted. We didn't have the chance to obviously fight for, for a place in that final um, there's not a lot we can do we obviously lost that first game against South Africa which ultimately cost us but our aim was to make the semi-finals and, and then hopefully play our best cricket towards then and obviously we've, we've been had that chance taken away from us on the ice, Mika Zibanejad was on fire in New York when he set a Rangers club record by scoring five goals in a game. The Swedish forward got his fifth in overtime as the Rangers beat the Washington Capitals 6-5. He now has 38 goals on the season. Sergei Fedorov is the only other player in NHL history to score four in regulation plus an OT winner. That happened in 1996, also against Washington. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Atom, and that's the news and sport from RTHK.
afternoon and welcome to the one two three show with me noreen mayor on this friday afternoon friday the 6th of march is today's date big thanks to mr phil for the morning brew today and uh, we've got a busy show today a very big topic as we look ahead to international women's day which is on sunday and on the agenda cafe today karen co and myself will be chatting a little bit more about the unconscious gender bias and we'll be chatting with puja kapai an associate professor with the department of law at the university of hong kong uh, feel free to weigh in um our email address is one two three show at rthk.hk that's one one two three show at rthk.hk. You can also find us on Facebook, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio Three. This is Lindsay Troy with Breathe Again.